How do we understand what is happening in the mind of Google, at least in the search side of things? We're digging into patents and algorithms with Bill Slosky today on The Edge. Your weekly digital marketing trends with industry trend-setting guests. Powered by your digital marketing pioneers, Site Strategics. This week's featured guest is Bill Slosky, Director of SEO Research at GoFish Digital. Now, here's your host, Aaron Sparks. This is Edge of the Web. I'm your host, Aaron Sparks. Every week we bring you amazing guests to chat about digital marketing news. We unpack a key marketing concept for our digital marketing audience. So whether you're a part of an agency or a freelancer or part of a marketing firm, this show is for you. Be sure to check out all the recent shows over at edgeofthewebradio.com. Edge of the Web is actually brought to you by Site Strategics, the title sponsor of our show. Our pioneers in the agile digital marketing. Our core specialties are SEO, technical SEO, SEM, social social media management, conversion rate optimization, and omni-channel marketing, agile marketing that actually re is results-based marketing that works. So if you're interested in what we can do for you, give us a call at 877-SEO for web, or I'll, I'll break it down because nobody wants to do, do the, the vanity number, 877-736-4932. Want to make sure you check out some of the recent shows of Edge of the Web. Uh, make, make sure you check out the Andrew Optimize, Pedro Diaz, and Carolyn Leiden, as well as the Mark Trap Hagen uh, shows as of late. Had some great times with them. And if you're interested in being part of the show, simply drop us a line over at info at edgeofthewebradio.com. Make sure you set your reminders on YouTube to get notified when we drop our videos, uh, as, as a number of other things inside the YouTube channel. Make sure you check out our weekly news podcast covering the most recent digital marketing news topics and Google updates. We're dropping it every Tuesday to help you navigate your digital marketing week. So we're continuing to have our guest uh, guest uh, host along with us for the ride. That's Morty Oberstein, uh, SEO liaison over at Wix. Uh, so for, for that, that's the entire housekeeping of the show. Let's meet this week's industry expert guest. So let's introduce you to Bill Slosky. He's worked as a solo consultant and agency SEO. He's a director of SEO research at Goldfish Digital. He's been involved in internet marketing and web promotion since 1996. Uh, he's written over a thousand posts on his site, SEO by the Sea, and more on the Goldfish blog uh, as well about search patents and papers from search engines. He's also worked with a wide range of sites from nonprofits to Fortune 500. He's also known for his research related to patent filings from search engines. So his experience actually includes Fortune 500 brands, some of the largest websites in the world. Bill's contributing author to Moz, Search Engine Land, and Search Engine Journal. And, and over the last seven years, he spoke at industry-leading conferences, except for last year, about topics including search engine algorithms, universal and blended search, personalization in search, search and social, and duplicate content problems, structured data, and schema. I don't know uh, if I've actually mentioned more technical SEO uh, issues in one sentence than, than I did just now. <laughs> so this is Bill's third time on the show. We wanted to bring him on to help guide us into the new horizon of machine learning and natural language processing in the realm of entities. But first, Bill, share with us what where you've come from in your own words. I gave you the professional bio here, but give us something that we don't know. And again, thank you so much for joining us on the third uh, your third visit to Edge. We really do appreciate it. Uh-huh. And say, if you're not careful, it all runs together. It does. It does into uh, supercalifragilisticexpialidocious uh, SEO schema, right? 
So back in 2004, 2005, I gave a presentation in an SES in New York City. Yeah. And I mentioned a paper uh, by a, a Microsoft researcher. At, he was, at the time, he was at Microsoft. His name was Mark Majorek. Mm-hmm. And the paper he co-authored was called Spam, Damn Spam, and Statistics. Okay. And it looked at ways of uh, determining whether or not something was spam. And one of the research projects they did was looking at uh, domain registrations in Germany. And people who were spamming websites would buy domains and create subdomains on them. And they would put hyphens in the subdomain names. So the more hyphens that were in subdomain names, the more likely that a, a, a domain, a subdomain, was spam. Oh, my Lord. So, so the statistic was count the number of subdomains in the subdomain, or hyphens in the subdomain name, and that's how spammy it's going to be. It's how many How many did you count uh, in this paper? Well, uh, the paper itself didn't have too many of those, but it was a good example. Sure. And I've, I've sort of kept an eye out for things that are written by Mark Nijork since then. And one of the things he wrote was, or co-authored, was a recent paper from Google because he left Microsoft. They uh, had a bunch of people leave them, and he joined Google. And uh, Google's using natural language processing pre-training language models on things. And they they were the most famous for a while was BERT. Right. And They've come out with a newer one, which they have said hasn't launched yet, but could in days to weeks to months to years to come. So we don't know when it's going to happen. I mean, when they introduced Rank Brain, they told us we've already been running this for a few months. (laughs) Exactly. We had a guess when it started. When they introduced Hummingbird, they introduced it on Google's 15th birthday. And again, they sort of gave us, they said, this has been around for a little while. So they're not really actually forthcoming of launching something new. It's always, yeah, it's in the works. It's been working. And this gets <laughs> gets you into what you've been investigating uh, for, for the longest time. It's actually the Google patents. So there's a right. continual buildup of Google patents that, that are submitted. And, and it's not just one sizable thing that actually encompasses a large algorithm change. Obviously, it's all piecemeal. It's broken apart in different facets that are actually focused on uh, different concepts of entities and, and different interrelationships of data, right? Right. So one of the new patents I ran across was on um, machine using machine learning to rank pages. And the co-author, one of the co-authors of that, I believe, was Mark Majorek. Mm-hmm. So they, they stick around and they keep on polishing stuff. Yeah, they do. Yeah, they do. So uh-huh. who, who are, could you actually mention some of the, uh, the, the innovators that have been behind some of these, these patent submissions of recent years? Because if, there's an entire probably gallery of individuals that have been doing this that you know personally, probably, right? Yeah. So, yeah, there, there are people, it's like reading your favorite books and the, uh, a bookstore. You you look go look for certain authors. You say, I want to find a Stephen King novel because I want to get yeah. uh, the bejesus scared out of me. <laughs> right? I do see the parallel of Stephen King to S, uh, to SEO for some <laughs> right. so, so so I need to find a, a Tristram Upstill novel, uh, mm-hmm. Tristram Upstill patent because he was a, a head of 
core search at Google for four or five years. And you know, if he was doing that job, he was in, into some this deep stuff. From a search. And Google answers when I mentioned him or, <laughs> or mentioned <laughs> Google. Absolutely. Uh, so, so I want to find these people. I want to see what they mean when they start talking about we're not going to rank on relevance or IRS words. We're going to rank on authority. Mm -hmm. and, and we're going to rank on categorical authority. What in the world is meant by categorical authority? So Google starts introducing some of these terms like neural networks. Yep. That, that you, you hear Danny Sullivan talk about neural matching and say, okay, there are pages on how search works at Google that talk about uh, concepts similar to neural matching. They talk about different intents and different topics and how the meanings of words, words change over time. Absolutely. Words have different meanings. There's a patent called content uh, vectors, which talk, gives the example of horses. And it says a horse to an equestrian is an animal. A horse to a carpenter is a tool. A horse to a gymnast is an exercise implement. Right. And there are different ways when we come across the word horse on a web page to determine what that page is about, which type of thing, audience it was made for, uh, we're, we're grabbing what we're calling context terms Perfect. from those pages. And a context term is something that's getting indexed. And Google can look and see if you've got a page that mentions horses and people found it based on the use of the word horse, and it mentions stirrups and saddles and thoroughbreds. Right. Those are context terms. And that tells us that page is about horses. Absolutely. And it's not a page for gymnasts or for carpenters. So the, the, the concept here is, is how well you can actually provide context to the subject matter that you're actually providing, as, well, as opposed to days gone by of just keywords, uh, repetitive keywords, keyword density. If you can get as many high volume search phrases on a particular page, and, and we all understand, anybody who's listened to the show over the years that we've been doing it, that's long gone, that particular strategy. But the deal is, is that understanding context and understanding how Google understands context. That's what you've actually been, you've been honing in on because Google's intent is to understand, not just serve up pages on PageRank, for example. They're actually trying to understand. That's where the, the pagination ranking has come into play, where it's actually reading paragraph and paragraph to paragraph contextual relationships, right? Now, not and, these, and, these, and these concepts, concepts keep on appearing. Google has a new head of search mm -hmm. and he's, uh, he's got a long name. It's Indian. I can't pronounce it. I'm not going to try, <laughs> but uh, you can, you can find his, uh, it's a book on modern information retrieval. Mm -hmm. It's from Stanford University. And it's, it's very long, it's very detailed. And the first things it starts with is inverted index for phrases, for in, inverted index for words. And it'll tell you uh, some words appear more frequently in a corpus and some words appear less frequently. They're much more rare. But the number of times a word appears in a document is going to determine how relevant it is for that word. And another researcher at Google, Anna Patterson, came out with something called phrase-based indexing. 
-hmm. And there are about 20 related patents. I, I like looking at the fact that there might be related patents because it gives me a sense of uh, evidence of, of yeah. how likely it is that a patent has been granted. Absolutely. Because how many things are related to it. So there's another one that's inverted index for phrases, like inverted index for words, except they're looking for frequently co-occurring phrases that appear on pages that rank for certain terms. And so this related phrase-based indexing uh, came out with an inverted index for phrases. Mm -hmm. And it told us where all the phrases were, that complete and meaningful phrases, things that weren't idioms. So if you have a page about the White House of the United States, it's going to include phrases like Oval Office or Secretary of State or Rose Garden interview. Right. And these you can you can look at these phrases and they'll predict what the page they appear on is about because yep. they, they give you a good sense of how these phrases might appear on pages about White House or President of the United States. And and they're often they tend to be headings for pages like that. So we're getting further and further away from kind of the Rosetta Stone of a particular phrase. We're getting into these concepts of supporting concepts that don't have any type of root, root association. They're much more contextual. And on top of that, we're getting even further, further into like these concentric circles of influence where we're dealing with even more tangential phrases. And then you actually start connecting to different concepts away so, from so, that, right? So let me tie these together. Yes. There was a, a computer science researcher who is famous for the phrase, you shall know a word by the company it keeps. There you go. And, and this, with those phrases, they're constantly co-occurring phrases that appear on pages that are predictive of what the page is about. So we're seeing Google playing with language models and understanding how words are connected to each other. So we have something like Bert, or we have something like Mom, this multi-language model mm -hmm. that shows us how, how different things that appear on pages are connected to other things that are similar to them. So when you use certain words, it's likely other words will also appear in that same page. That's much more complex than latent semantic indexing, but it's the same concept. So for a marketer, a search engine marketer that is looking to be able to position content and, and with a level of relevancy that Google's looking for, we're, again, we're no longer, I mean, we're not in Kansas anymore when it comes down to what, mm -hmm. how we need to feed the engine because we're trying to de define content as relevant. Therefore, we have to understand the mapping of that mind, uh, the, the contextual mind that we're talking about, these operant uh, context phrases that are are being understood and defined by Google. Now, Google's not giving us the map of what it's understanding. So, are you seeing? Are you go? Are we going to see an evolution of how we do research around the topic, not the topic itself anymore? It's it, And again, we, content content marketing has been there for a, a good long time. What are people talking about trending around this particular topic? But we're really talking about much more of this relational relational model of entities, and you've you've been spearheading this for the longest time. But actually, creating almost these mini wikis at a page level or a site level to be able to validate to Google that you are not only talking about one particular topic, but you're supporting this concept with all of these different tendrils of information, right? 
So I had a client who had an apartment building complex. Yes. And they're trying to sell apartments. And there weren't too many apartments in, in the complex sold. They had a website, a web page, four pages mm-hmm. long. It, it failed to tell you very much about the complex, the apartment complex, except that they had a dog park around the apartment building. Got it. What they didn't tell you was that you could get on the elevator to the building, go down to the basement, get off from the basement to the Washington, D.C. metro line, and you're connected to the whole metro. You can, There's an underground cluster around Arlington, Virginia, mm-hmm. that takes you all around northern uh, Virginia, southern uh, Maryland, and Washington, D.C. And you can visit all 39 Smithsonian institutes that are connected to the metro line. Right. And there's no charge for those. You can go free. So if you have kids, you can take your kids to a different museum every week. There's a shopping mall attached to that uh, metro line that's one of the largest shopping malls in the state of Virginia. It's like four stories tall. And it's just a short scoot away. It's you're, You've got all the Starbucks and other coffee places you might want to go to mm-hmm. and other restaurants too. If you've ever driven through Washington, D.C., you know what a frustrating process that is. <laughs> better believe it. You, it. It can take you a long time to get from point A to point B. If you're on the metro line, you can get there a lot faster. Absolutely. And, and metro, the D.C. metro is an important entity that should have been mentioned and talked about a lot on their website because it, it can tell you you're living in this current complex. There are lots of places you can go. You want to go catch a a Washington football team game, a Nationals game, Mm -hmm. up on Metro, you're less than 15 minutes away. And all that's not only an entity in a a relationship to an apartment building, but it's also useful for the consumer. So there's this nexus that's happening of utilitarian (laughs) concepts, right, for the consumer. Right. L- location is a, ter- is, a, is a wonderful thing for uh, real estate. Absolutely. If, if you know what else is around you, you know where the schools are, you know where the post offices are, you can live. You can run all your errands quickly. So these anecdotal references of entities and, 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 and content relationships, this is, this is what we're now feeding, or need to be feeding up to Google to be able to be able to even tie in almost like pattern recognition. Yes, we know this is the subject and this is what we know about this. This is who we are in this space because Google's making these these, these neural connections between uh, between concepts and entities. And and if you're if you match closely, then it's going to favor you as a as a resource as a as a valuable uh, asset into its understanding. Right. So we're you trying. You tie these entities into search too. Yep. Absolutely. So it, it can be easier doing this entity stuff than doing SEO. Assignment I had was to get a page on a website to rank in 2005 for Baltimore Black History. Got it. And rewrote a page, included the phrase Baltimore Black History like five, six, seven, eight times, whatever, to try to get to rank for that because we we're matching documents in the query to doc, uh, words on a uh, document sure right so uh after about 
a month or so, the page really hadn't gotten ranked any higher than 114th or so. So I sent a remote message to my copywriter and said, okay, write us a replacement page. Tell us about some of the uh, entities in Baltimore mm -hmm. that you can take a walking tour of. You can see this nine-foot-tall statue of Billy Holiday. These uh, townhomes owned by uh, Frederick Douglass on the uh, uh, waterside in mm -hmm. the Inner Harbor. Uh, all, all these famous historical churches and, and schools. Right. People like Sojourner Church, uh, Truth. There are a lot of famous people. There's a big history. So if you're going to rank well for Black history in Baltimore, if you've got the page of people go to learn about Black history in Baltimore, you're going to rank well for it. So you're, you're, you're telling me that this was happening in 2005. Is this that, was happening in 2005, right. So the scenario here is that we've been in this space, and it gets back to the original point, is that they've been doing this for a while. It's just even more transparent now than ever before. And, and they're more forthcoming about this neural net. So many SEOs have been in the game of titles, headlines, <laughs> wordsmithing, trying to squeeze as much as they could out of the performance well, get, of a particular I get, page. I get this stupid idea in my head that if I had a page that ranked for a lot of these long tail terms, that, that it would rank well for the overall topic. And it did. And it did. Absolutely. I tell you what, as an example, um, we, we uh, literally optimized about 10 years ago a racing company uh, in the uh, IndyCar racing circuit. And we did exactly that. We actually put together a cluster. Each and every IRL race, we put together a, a branch of content around how, to, how do you find tickets, where are the hotels, parking directions, right? All, all the different information around that concept. And guess what? We actually outranked in the IndyCar series race site, as well as each and every racetrack, because they hadn't been doing this. It's it's contextual. It's also consumer oriented because that's exactly what the consumers were looking for. So, so, the, BB, so the BBC was building ontologies around things like the World Cup and the Olympics, like ten years ago, right? For the same purpose, Absolutely. they were outranking other people because people were interested in those events. They want to know what was going on with the World Cup in London and the London Olympics, and the BBC had pages on them, and the pages were so well done, you could turn on the computer and find that when things were on TV. Right from them. All right, beautiful, beautiful. So I, a sidebar here, because I want our audience who, who hasn't, hasn't come across, haven't come across these particular phrases before, uh, give us your understanding of the, the weight of impact of taxonomies and ontologies, <laughs> first and foremost, because I want our audience to listen to you actually describe what these two players are when it comes down to search. There's a paper from Google called Biperpedia, which came out around 2013. And they talk about going through the query logs of the search engine. You get millions of people searching every day. If you collect information about the queries they perform and the format of those queries, you understand the canonical versions mm -hmm. of those uh, queries and how they're shaped, what people ask for when they ask questions about certain types of things. Mm -hmm. you're, you're understanding a, a taxonomy is a way of organizing things by categories so that things that are broader and things that are uh, uh, more specific are at different levels. Mm -hmm. But you're building 
a way of understanding how things are categorized. You have like a car, it's broken down into different systems. Right. Um, you have mufflers, you have engines, you, you understand where all the parts are um, and how they're connected each, e to each other and, and the uh, different levels of connection. I use, I use a euphemism as like a file drawer and, and sub file drawers, right? Underneath yeah. there, you're organizing that and that's much more aligned to the structural, uh, the structure of a website. Um, but it's not just structure, it's, it's organization and the navigation of organization, right? So, so ontology is more complex than taxonomy because an ontology tells you about how things are related. There you go. It's the relationships that are important. And that's what, what gets important when we start talking about knowledge graphs. Yep. And when Google talks about a knowledge graph, by the word knowledge, they mean relationship. How are these things related to each other? We have entities within entities within entities. And they've got and facts for all of those. And we, we want to know certain things about certain types of entities, like dates of birth, dates of origin, whether they're members of something, mm -hmm. if, they're, if they have parent organizations. You know, what are the connections between these things? Who's married to whom? We want to know how, how you know, which actors showed up in certain movies with Tom Hanks. Right. I lived uh, 10 miles south of Robert Duvall, who was in... Uh, Apocalypse Now and is well known for the statement, I love the smell of napalm in the morning. And uh, he used to love riding horses. There was a big uh, uh, horse riding stable in the town he lived in, in Virginia, called the Plains, which had a polo grounds and a big polo event. Uh, I don't know if he ever attended that, but it was a short distance away from where he lived, so it mm -hmm. probably did. So there's a relationship and you're filling in the gaps. You're filling in the gaps and, and, and that's the ontological side of things. It's, it's not just filing it down to the nth degree of understanding. It's also mapping the relationships and that's what knowledge panel, Google's knowledge panel is trying to understand. And if you can actually do that from your content creation of your website, and it's not just content, it has to be reinforced by the outside world of value. But you, you start building this, this, this relationship model that Google can actually rely on. So, so the language models that Google's building mm -hmm. now, they're looking at like a BERT or a MUM, right. they're actually going over the uh, content from web pages, reading it based upon things they've been trained on. So they've likely taken these models, trained them on the whole corpus of the Wikipedia right. and the book scanning project at Google, yep. which covered lots of books. And so they know lots about them. So this language model can recognize entities and call them out. And they're looking for proper nouns. They're looking for places, people, and things. And they're looking for fact patterns related to those. The uh, dates of birth, what, what people might be known as, they're creating what, what's known as triples. A triple is a subject, a verb, and an object. So they're gonna say a certain entity, and then a verb like is a, or knows about, right, or is a member of, or plays for. And, and then they'll come up with some verb 
the Society of Classic Engineers, the Washington Nationals, Michelle Obama. These are all the things that are connected somehow. Right. And there are things they have, uh, knowledge graphs, which have, have the reasons why these things are connected to the other things. If I could be so bold, part of the opportunity for content strategists for websites are to be able to fill in those holes and be able to reinforce those connections. So uh, as a sidebar here, one more step along this train of, of uh, this not only this SEO philosophy, but this this SEO tactical plan is where do latent semantic indexing actually, or does that come into play as we're talking about the taxonomy and the oh, ontological okay. so, relationship? So latent, latent semantic indexing is sort of a misnomer. Okay, that, that's okay. why I wanted was, to get there. Yep, it was it was developed in in pre web days, okay, right. like 1988, 89, and it was developed by. The telephone company, Bell Labs. One of the researchers was Susan Dumas, who went on from working at Bell Labs to working at Microsoft and working on Microsoft Windows and subjects like findability at Microsoft Windows. But back in the days of Bell Labs, they were taking these small enterprise databases, yeah. like, like eight books worth. The patent itself uh, shows an example of eight books. They took eight books worth of material and they built a database at it out of it. Mm -hmm. And it was something it was searchable because they indexed it with latent semantic indexing. So they knew what the words meant and how they were related to each other in those eight books. And the patent says if we're going to add data to this database, we need to run the latent semantic indexing over again mm -hmm. to capture all the connections between the words. So every time you need to add data, you need to run the indexing. Got it. So the web, as it exists now, with all the deletions, all the additions, comments, changes, the way people uh, restructure things and so on, doesn't remain the same very long. Got it, it changes all the time. And a latent semantic indexing is inadequate because you just would spend all your time indexing. Understood, understood. It's a constant re-engineering uh, re and re-engineering, and it doesn't feed the, the actual machine learning. Uh, so it, somebody, somebody took latent semantic indexing and modified it for uh, paid search, and they came out with a version they referred to as probabilistic latent semantic indexing, which okay. uses statistics. Got it. it no longer just uses the... Uh, uh, corpus of, of the small data set. It uses statistics to guess. So so chances are Google uses probabilistic latent semantic indexing, but not latent semantic indexing. Are those statistics coming from keyword volume and patterns that are actually recognized uh, for that particular connection? Right, right. As, as Google says when you ask some questions about how do you know about all those links, right. they say we have lots and lots of computers. <laughs> they've got barges of computers all right so i, I truly appreciate this rundown uh, of of these these operant phrases that should be the lexicon of the new seo uh career path it's not strings it's things uh, to, to to quote emmett singal back in 2012 and, and, and another phrase they'd like to use back then to describe it was real world objects there you go
And that's okay, that's so a fluid concept too, is it not? It it's means that uh, entities are language agnostic. So when you have the color blue in English, it's a different word than in French or German. And all those are different patterns that have to be but fed it, as but well. But it's still blue in all all those. There you go. So basically, Google is the is the is the largest translator on the face of the planet to be able to actually connect that. And all we need now is a babble fish, a Google babble fish, to be able to stick in our ear, to be able to understand these concepts. <laughs> and Google Lens supposedly is doing that. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, well Bill, let's, let's end up this particular segment and jump into our next segment where we're going to be talking about a number of these additional issues as well as Bert and Mom. We just had to do the precursor to get everybody well-oiled and understanding these different concepts. Is that good with you, sir? Sure. Make sure you listen to the second part of the Bill Slosky interview by visiting edgeoftheweb.radio.com. Follow Bill Slosky at Bill underscore Slosky and follow us on Twitter over at Edge Web Radio. Make sure that you see all the must-see videos and much more over at edgeoftheweb.radio.com. Thanks to our sponsor, Site Strategics. And if you can't wait for the entire video, on, go over to our YouTube channel. We have the entire interview right there. Just search Edge of the Web. Be sure to like, subscribe, and share this podcast with others. Remember, from all of us over at Edge, be safe, be, be well, and do not be a piece of cyber driftwood.